God's good. Woo! Hey, I didn't read our good reports. Let's do that. When God does something good around here, we write it down. We give him glory for it. This one says, the Lord has increased my business. I like that. Amen. Amen. A current client has agreed to triple his current service contract because his business has grown and he needs more support. This means a large increase in my monthly take-home pay that I've been believing for. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This one says, I won a gift card to a coffee shop at work. Around here, we like coffee, so that's a good thing. I uh, got gas this week, and the price at the pump was six cents cheaper than the advertised price. We'll take it. We'll take it. Praise God. Um, Yesterday, when I was at the grocery store, I realized I had a free reward toward an an item I needed. Glory. We like free. Free. Free is good. (laughs) Praise God. Well, the Word of God is so exciting, isn't it? It's just, it's so good. The more I get into the Word, the more... I see in the word, um, the more excited I get about the things of God. Um, We're thankful for that which we feel. His presence can be tangible. Uh, His presence is very real. Uh, Thankful that he lives on the inside, that we have peace and we have joy. But the word of God, it's our anchor. It's uh, the Bible talks about uh, things that anchor our soul. I believe the word of God is an anchor to our soul so that we're not tossed around, um, divided about what the world thinks and about what other people think, but we can find ourselves and find out what we believe from the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, uh, we've been ministering for uh, several weeks now. Last week, we took a little bit of a detour, but for several weeks, we've just kind of been getting into things in the Word, uh, looking at what we believe, why we believe what we believe. Um, Because how many know uh, if you went to 10 different churches in the Castle Rock area, just just in Castle Rock this morning, you'd hear 10 very different messages. Yeah. And honestly, you would get some very different ideas of what the Scripture says. And um, although Scripture is always Scripture, and it always says the same thing, I mean, you can open up every Bible, there's different translations, I understand, but the way these things are interpreted can vary widely. And so we want to be very careful with what we listen to, first of all, what we feed on. But we also want to, uh, as best as is within us, know why we believe what we believe. And so we've just kind of been getting into it. And if you don't mind, we're going to get right back into it. If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 6, that's about where we left off. We were saying many weeks ago that the world has a problem. <laughs> and that problem is sin. Amen. Right? That problem is sin. 
And you might think, ah, oh, I don't like talking about that word. You know, no one does <laughs> like talking about that word sin. But if the whole world has an issue with it, we need to understand what the problem is. We need to understand what it is and be able to tell somebody why it's a problem. Uh, when I grew up, I went to a church that didn't really talk about this. They just taught me if you'll do good. I mean, if I, I heard the parable of the Good Samaritan over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Now, is that a good parable? Yeah. Did Jesus, he's the one that gave us that parable, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that that is bad, but if you only emphasize being good, you, I started to get the idea that I could be good enough if I just tried to do good things enough, I'd get to heaven. And we saw in the Word, that is not what the Word says, right? right. That is not at all what the Word says. The, the Bible says, for all have sinned yes. and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not a fun idea, um, but it's, it's what God said. And, and we saw, we saw in, in Romans 6 that it's, it's because of Adam, what Adam did, sin came into this world. And through Adam, that sin nature, we said, right? That sin nature was born into every single human that's on this earth. That's why the world has a problem. Everybody's walking around with what we call this sin nature. But thanks be to God, hallelujah, who's given us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then we talked about this thing called the blood, hallelujah. Amen. The blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross, he was perfect, spotless, sinless. And the Amen. Bible says he paid a price. He sacrificed himself. His blood was shed for our sin. Yes. Amen. So that anyone who looks to Jesus, uh, Romans tells us, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, who confesses with his mouth and believes in his heart that Jesus is Lord, they shall be saved, the Bible says. Saved from what? Sin. <laughs> that sin problem that everybody has. And the Bible tells us in Corinthians that you, when you receive Jesus, you pass from death to life. Light comes. Yes. The sin nature, the sin problem you had, I had. Eradicated. Amen. Taken care of by the blood. Only problem is that happened in our spirit, right? Our spirit, our inner man, the real me. You understand you are a spirit. You live in something we call a body. Right. Just like 
You got into a car this morning to drive to church, right? Yes, I did. That doesn't make you the car, right? Yeah. The car is the vehicle you used to, to get to the location you needed to go to. Yeah. Your body is the vehicle you use on earth to move around. Your body, the moment you got saved, your body did not get the memo. No. It didn't get the memo that you're new, that sin was wiped away, that you are no longer that old creature that you used to be, but that you have been born again. That you've been made righteous, we read in Romans. That Jesus washed that sin away. So you, the real you, the clean you, the new you, lives in a body that doesn't always remember what it's been made. Right? Your vehicle, my vehicle that I drove in here today, I took it through the car wash Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the mall yesterday. Yes, I did. My husband is out of town, and I went to the mall. And apparently, while I was in the mall, it must have rained. And around here, of course, we know what does it rain? Not really water, it rains dirt. I don't know what that is about Colorado. In other places in the nation, it does not do that. But what? I came out of the mall and looked at my pretty white vehicle, and it was not so pretty. Why? It was full of dirt. Why? Because my vehicle just doesn't stay clean on its own. That's why I have one of those magic little passes I pay for every month so I can go through the car wash over and over and over again. Because it's always getting dirty. Yes. So man has a sin problem. Jesus rectified that problem. And anyone who looks to Jesus and calls on him and makes him Lord of their life the sin nature is dissolved. Amen. New, a new nature has been brought on the inside. But my flesh needs to catch up with that memo. And if I could say it this way without doing injustice to the scriptures, sometimes you've got to take your flesh through the car wash. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right? Because it likes to get dirty never really said it that way, but, yeah. but it helps us understand these things. So with all of that, that we've already ministered on to a degree, we were in Romans 6, which I'm in Galatians 6, so that's not going to help us, is it? <laughs> <laughs> we were in Romans 6. Let's see, where do we want to get started here this morning? You're believing with us that we're going to get everything we're supposed to get this morning, right? 
and nothing more. We don't want to, we don't want to confuse ourselves. Um, but let's look, Romans 6, verse 6. There's a lot in here. Romans 6, verse 6. This is Paul writing, and he says, We know that our old self, our inner man, right? Our old self was crucified with him, meaning Jesus. Crucified with Jesus in order that the body of sin, our flesh, might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer, you can underline that if you, if you want, this is the ESV uh, translation, so that we would no longer be what? Enslaved. Enslaved to sin. Sin, before we were redeemed, before we were set free by the blood of Jesus, before we had received Christ, sin had us enslaved. We were, uh, another way the Bible says it, we, were in a yoke, we had a yoke of bondage, right? Slavery is bondage, right? Something else is your master. Sin, before we got born again, was our master. But he's saying, if we've been crucified with Christ, we are no longer to be enslaved to sin. Can you still be enslaved to sin? Actually, yes, you can. If you let your flesh, your outer man, yes. rule. Yeah. If you let your flesh continue to be dominating your life. And so uh, he said, verse 9, we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you, you remember this? We read this. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin. And alive to God. Wait a minute. If I already am dead to sin, why do I consider myself dead? Because your body, your flesh, still wants to do things it used to do. Yes. That car is still going to try and get dirty. Yeah. It, it's just the way it is, right? I mean, honestly, how many of us took a shower this morning? Or in the recent past few days, right? <laughs> right? Why do we do that? Because our flesh gets dirty, right? Just naturally speaking. It, yeah, it just needs to be cleaned. It needs to be cleaned. So we are to consider ourselves dead to sin. What, we're going to see this here. Praise the Lord. Verse 12. Let not sin, therefore, what? Reign. Reign in your mortal body, your flesh. Who's not supposed to let it reign in your mortal body? Me. My inner man. Yes. My spirit. That's right. 
So obviously sin is going to want to reign in your mortal, your, your mortal body. Your flesh is still going to want sin to reign. Why? Your flesh likes to do what it likes to do. Just put a piece of chocolate cake in front of you and see what happens. I'm talking to me. Right? Yes. <laughs> My flesh wants to eat that piece and then go get another piece and then get another piece and just keep going. I'm going to talk to myself. I don't want to bring up what tempts you. Chocolate cake, that's it for me, baby. Just, just bring it on. Right? And it's up to me, my inner man, yeah. the one inside, to say, no. That's right. No. You can have a couple bites. And my flesh will say, but I want more. And my spirit's got to say, no, <laughs> let not sin reign. Don't let it dominate. Amen. Amen. So where do we get the idea, I can't help it? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. According to scripture, Now, as we're growing in the things of God and progressing in the things of God, God is going to reveal, the Spirit of God is going to lead us into what we would say more and more of Him. More of His goodness, more of His righteousness, more of His, the Bible calls this sanctification. Yes. So what is sin to me might not be sin to you. That's where it can get confusing for some people. Yeah. In other words, just because God has dealt with me not to eat too much chocolate cake doesn't mean he might have dealt with you about chocolate cake. That's right. You might have a different issue that he's dealing with you about. That's right. But I can almost guarantee that every one of us in this room, the Holy yeah. Spirit is dealing with us about a particular thing, That's a right. particular item. Why? Because this is a continual work for us as yes. believers down here on earth where we're always growing in grace. We're always growing in dominion. We're always growing that our spirit man, our inner man is always getting stronger. It's supposed to always be getting stronger and stronger and getting more in a, in a position of reign and rule over our flesh. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so what, what I talk about for me, it might be different for you. That's right. Now, the Bible's very clear about certain things that are sin, right? Sexual immorality, different things that it lists out by name. We're all held to that standard, <laughs> okay? That, that's, we're all there. We're all supposed to put our flesh under. But, but when it comes to individual things, God might deal with you differently than he deals with me. And that's okay. That's why the Bible says we're not to compare ourselves amongst ourselves. Amen. Right? But Paul also said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yes. <laughs> So everything is a balance with him, right? Yes. 
He's not going to put more on you than you can handle. And if he's dealing with you in a particular area, you have the ability and the power to whip and put your flesh into submission. That's right. Amen. In that area. How do we know? We kept reading the verses. That's how we know. Where were we? Verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. You don't have to obey the passions of your flesh. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to who? To God. To God as those who have been brought from death to life. And your members, your flesh, bring it to God as instruments for righteousness, for sin. Verse 14, we'll have no dominion over you if your spirit man will take charge and put your flesh under. If you present your members, your flesh, to unrighteousness, to sin, and say, here I am, let's go, well then, your flesh will have control. And that's what the Bible calls a carnal Christian. You know what carnal means? Carne asada? Come on, anyone else like that? What's carnal? Carne, meat, flesh. To be carnal just simply means I'm following after the flesh more than I'm following after the spirit. That's right. So how do we do this? How do we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh? How how does this happen? I don't want to be a slave to sin. I don't want to be a slave to unrighteousness. Right? Ver, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 8. There is so much in here, and I would love to get into it, but we will not have time today. Romans 8 says this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the, spirit, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free. Everybody say, set me free. It set me free in Christ Jesus from the law of what? Sin Sin and death. death. You've been set free. Ha! Everybody say, I'm set free from sin and death. I'm set free from sin and death. I'm set free. I'm set free. There's no more condemnation. Yes. You've been set free from sin and death. What if your flesh still wants to do the things that used to take? You're still set free. Amen. Your inner man needs to rise up and say, use your mouth, hello, and say, wait a second, whoa. When your flesh tries to go that direction, you guys, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I'm presenting my members to God. And you do an about face. And you say, Father, I thank you that your word says I'm not supposed to, I'm supposed to consider myself dead to sin. Yes. Your word says sin no longer has dominion over me. Amen. Wait a minute, you're supposed to say this? Yes, you're supposed to say this when your flesh is screaming to go a different direction. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
and you turn around and instead of presenting your body to unrighteousness, you turn it around and you say, Father, I believe your word. I believe you've made me new. I believe what you said, that sin no longer has dominion over me. I want to praise you. I want to thank you that I've been set free from the law of sin and death and that the spirit of life is in me. And that spirit of life that's in me, it courses through me. It moves through me. It affects my mind. It affects my body. And I'm free. I'm free. Can we say I'm free? I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. What if your flesh still does what it used to do? You got to turn right back around and say, Father, that wasn't me. <laughs> that was my flesh. And I, I'm sorry about that. But I want to say right now, I thank you that you've made me righteous. You've got to turn yourself right back around and present yourself to God. This can take effort. Absolutely. It would be so much easier to say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 3 of Romans 8 says, For God has done what the law, remember the law, right? The Mosaic law, what the law weakened by flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to our flesh, but according to the spirit. Meaning if we're walking according to the Spirit, ha, we've got what Jesus paid for. Amen. Verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh, carnal, what do they do? They set their minds. This is our key right here today. They set their minds on the things of the flesh. So wait a minute. We've talked about our spirit and we've talked about our body now he's talking about what? Our mind. Ah, that's the third part of us. We haven't mentioned that yet. You are a spirit. You have a mind. Your, your, your soul, your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, your emotions, what you feel, right? Yeah. Your mind is the third part of you, your soul. The Bible talks about your spirit, soul, and body, doesn't it? Yes. Your spirit, yes. your soul, and your body. This says in verse 6, right? Is that where we are? 5. Verse 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Oh, so uh, what we think has something to do with how we live. Oh, I can set my mind according to the flesh. It's the way I used to live, things I want to do, my flesh wants to do. Or I can set my mind and my affections, the Bible says in Colossians, set my mind and my affections on him, 
on his things, on his ways, on the spirit. Wherever my mind turns, I go. Right? If I keep my mind on the things of God, it helps me live in the spirit. If I turn my mind to the natural, to the flesh, it's going to be tough to resist sin. Is this helping us today? Verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. That's rather strong, don't you think? We already read the wages of sin is death death. So he's just giving you the ultimate result. Mm -hmm. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit, hey, what is it? It's life and peace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For the mind that is set on the flesh, verse 7, is hostile Hostile. to God. God. Hostile, I mean, that's kind of a big word. We don't use that word very much. It just means against. That's right. If somebody's showing hostility towards you, they're against you, right? Yes. Right? Yes. The mind that's set, that pays attention more to the flesh, we could say it that way, that pays attention more to the natural world, and any one of us could do this at any given day, all you have to do is not set your mind on the things of God. <laughs> Why? Because we live in a natural world. We deal with natural people. We have to go to a a natural place of work. We're always doing things in the natural. And so it's just natural to be natural. Yes. You have to purpose to be spiritual. The mind that's set on the flesh is against God or is against the things of God against the moving of God, against the leading of the Spirit of God, put whatever phrase you want to in there, the mind that's set, fixed on flesh, it's going to have trouble entering into the things of the Spirit. But if we learn to fix fix our mind, fix it, put it, Put a lock on it, right? <laughs> I have a doorknob, and it keeps coming unfixed. The screws keep popping out, and it messes up the way the door closes. And I have to get a screwdriver and try and put that screw back in there. What? I'm trying to fix it in place, put it in place where it won't move again, right? right? So that it works properly. Mm-hmm. Our mind is to be fixed, put in place to the things of the Spirit. That's where we have reign. We rule and reign over sin and flesh. That's where things become really fairly easy. When your flesh says, but I want that extra cake. Your spirit man, your, your mind is so fixed on the things of the spirit and your spirit man is so strong on the inside of you, you just say, no. Remember, uh, it's been a while now, but my husband preached that message, your body, your slave. Yes. Oh, 
I listen to that once in a while. Uh-huh. What? Nobody wants your body to be your slave, but that's what the Bible says our body's supposed to be. It's supposed to be slave to your spirit. You put that thing down. Paul said, I buffet my body. One translation says, I beat it black and blue. What does it mean? Was he out there with whips and chains? No, 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 no. No, he's saying my spirit is so strong, if my flesh even thinks about doing something it's not supposed to, it gets hurt. Any Olympian knows how to buffet their body, right? Yes. What are they? They're putting it in subjection. They're in submission because they have a prize thereafter. That's right. A natural prize. How much more the Christian who's got the spirit of life on the inside of us. Glory to God. The mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, verse 9, you can underline that. You, however, are not in the flesh. Come on now. You are not subject to that sin. Heck, it doesn't have to have dominion over you. You are in the spirit. Yes. Amen. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Does the spirit of God dwell in you? Yes, he does. Yes. Yes. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, oh, this is such a great verse. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, does he? Yes. Yes. If he dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, you can look at that verse and say, um, well, isn't he talking about when when Jesus returns and, and and Our mortal bodies, the Bible tells us, take on immortality. Yes, actually, I believe he is talking about that. But not just that. Not just that. I also believe, since he's telling us where our mind is set, and if we're looking to the Spirit, he's telling us the Spirit of life that lives on the inside of you, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, will help you. He's going to quicken. That means, excuse me, it doesn't say quicken in there. In the King James, it does. Quicken, give life to your mortal bodies. That means in you is all the help you need to overcome what your flesh might want to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God in me. Yes. I don't have to try with my natural you know, so many of us, you know, we talk about making New Year's resolutions. Oh, I'm going to lose whatever, 10 pounds. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise 50 times a week. You know, people make crazy things, you know. 
crazy, crazy <laughs> resolutions. And they last what? What average? Three days, one week, you know, everyone knows you join the gym on January 1st, everyone's got, you know, and they last one week and then they stop. Why? Because it's all done. The flesh and the mind are trying to rule the flesh. It's never going to work. But for the Christian, glory to God, the spirit of life lives in you. And if you will turn your mind towards the things of the spirit and start talking about the things of the spirit, start ingesting the things of the word into your spirit and start building up your spirit, that life that's in you will start to renew your mind to think the way God thinks. It will start to affect your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. And if you need healing in your body, this is how to get it. Glory to God. Start feeding on the one who is the healer and realizing the healer lives in me. Amen. Oh. And so I stop focusing on the pain and the symptom and the problem, and I start putting my mind on my healer who's in me. I stop focusing on the flesh that pulls and craves things. That flesh is ridiculous. Right? Or is it just my flesh that craves things at times? I've got to whoop, set my mind on who's in me <laughs> and right. the power that lives in me That's and the right. fact that sin, it has no dominion over me. Not because I'm so great. Not because my flesh is great because we've already determined my flesh is flesh. That's right. And the reason I'm going over this in my mind is because my flesh is trying to pull me a different direction. But thanks be to God for Jesus and what he has done. I have been set free yes. from sin and death. Yes. And I've been made alive to the things of the Spirit. Right. And the Spirit of God dwells in me and affects and quickens my mortal body. That's right. Oh, this is big. That's why Paul was so insistent that we renew our minds, that we think on things about the Spirit, things of the Word. We have to take our minds and wash them with the water of the Word so that our mind is siding with the Spirit, mm -hmm. not with the flesh. If I could say it this way, your mind is the tipping point. There's three parts of you, right? Whichever way your mind goes, it creates two-thirds a majority. Yeah. 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 Amen. yeah. Amen. So we have to renew our minds yes. to the way God says we are and consider ourselves dead to sin. Amen. Consider ourselves alive to God. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? There is so much 
in the Word. And the more I read, the more I see, and it's just so exciting to me. I hope this is helping us today because there's going to be people out there that tell you you're always going to be a sinner. There's no way you can live holy. You're just going to have to live in sin for the rest of your life. I do not see that in the Word. But there's also people out there that will try to tell you, oh, you've been made righteous. Don't worry about anything that you do now. Uh-oh, is right. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he set you free so that you can live free. That's right. Amen. But it's up to us to make sure that it happens. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that we are free. Can you say that with me? I am free. I am free. I am free. I am free from sin. Glory to God. Free from sin and death. Free from sin and death. Free from sin and death. Glory to God. And I'm going to live free. Live free. Hallelujah. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You're dismissed. Please join us in the back.